You are now listening to the Master Jmehan Podcast. Episode 18, Spellcasting. An Introduction. This episode may be deemed inappropriate for some listeners. If you have been abused or are a minor, you should stop now. This episode builds on the previous ones. We have delayed an in-depth exploration of spellcasting until now, merely because it takes special eyes to see spells. In fact, unless your eyes be single to the glory of God alone, you can't really see them in their true light. But they can still affect you, to one degree or another. Unless you live with one eye shut, I mean. And then, they are designed to do so much more than just enchant you. Yes, Master. Ah, Master. You know, I like the sound of that. Old magic mirror, let me see thy face. From all time and distance, across matter and space, your powers have summoned me to promptly show my face. What is your wish, O Master? I very strongly suggest people be very careful about the TV shows they watch. Satanists love spells because they reinforce the mythos they are trying to create as your new normal. Spells are like a pair of glasses you wear in front of your eyes. These affect your entire worldview and bend it until it stands as mental proof that mythos is reality, even though it is not. Our stupid smartphones and AI-generated individual content reinforce this today, too. The occult knows that when an individual or a society only sees what they are programmed to see and only hear the things that we want to hear, it isn't long before we come to accept the spell that is cast over us. All of these boost our inner mythology. For this episode, let's step into the darkness, or as the Luciferians trigger, who's a good boy? Number K9? Number K9? Number K9? Eu Good 
boy. Slave. Love me. Do it again. Good boy. Every time a dominant man calls you a good boy, you will enjoy this phrase and the wonderful power it has over you. Good boy. And a good boy obeys. A spell is, in reality, a trigger to an action. All faith and fear are really calls to action. It is a command designed to create a specific result at a specific time. The most effective spells are based on pre-indoctrinated mythology that facilitates circular reasoning. Circular reasoning spirals in on itself with no escape except for the one predetermined by the witch. <laughs> or the wizard. I am Oz! Many an escaping Dorothy, desperate for the normalcy of Kansas, runs to the wrong pastor, rabbi, or white witch. And while they might believe they have gained a respite, they soon find themselves back. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. The important thing to understand is that the spell is believed to work because the mythology is believed to be true. And the mythology is believed to be true because the spell worked. Circular reasoning. It is no accident that spells are hypnotic and that hypnosis is illustrated and achieved by a repetitive spinning circle. I want you to stare into the spiral and to relax. And as you stare into the spiral, I want you to relax more and more, going deeper and deeper inside of it, letting it pull you in, almost as if it were a vortex. And as this vortex draws you in deeper and deeper, you find yourself becoming more and more relaxed and more and more at ease as you continue to go deeper and deeper inside of it. Hypnosis doesn't really work the way it is portrayed in Hollyweird. Normal, matured adults can't really be hypnotized into doing anything that they don't choose to do. Your world is ending. You can't do nothing, but we can save you. Save us, then. To save you, we must be asked. Then what? We will protect you. How long for? Forever. Do you understand now? Do you see? Asking them for help has conditions. Invite them in, and it will be the last free action you take. And this is the great secret for the masses. You could take this planet in a, in a heartbeat. Why do you need consent? We must be wanted. We must be loved. To rule through fear is inefficient. Of course. This is the reason that occult children are beaten until they consent, or the general public is shamed until they obey. Do you have power? I have power. Does power consent? No, please, stop. Just stop this. If your consent is impure, it will kill 
We surrender. What more do you want? To rule, there must be love. Your consent must be pure. You act out of strategy. Strategy is not consent. <laughs> Without consent, their spells break down rapidly. The occult needs you to be exposed to hypnosis early enough in childhood that you are willing to fall into a hypnotic trance state to one degree or another, willingly and on demand. Children who have been hypnotized in school, on television or online often enough, come to see it as normal and can therefore be triggered more easily when it comes to accepting mythology, particularly when in a trance state. People have to be set up to accept an idea, sometimes years before the occult will actually implement it. The occult knows this, and so the realization of their Nazi-based agenda is only beginning to be realized today. So to those of you out there who are still working against equal rights, we have a message for you. You think we're sinful? You fight against our rights You say we all lead lives you can't respect But you're just frightened You think that we'll corrupt your kids If our agenda goes unchecked Funny, just this once, you're correct We'll convert your children Happens bit by bit Quietly and subtly And you will barely notice it You can keep him from disco Warn about San Francisco Make him wear pleated pants, we don't care We'll convert your children We'll make them tolerant and fair We will restate it. It was the Nazis whom the Illuminati tasked with modernizing the ancient methods of mind control by using a scientific perspective. They were searching for ways to guarantee results, which prior to the modern age had been more pharmaceutically based with magical theatrics, smokes, and mirrors. Nazi Germany had a plan to sexualize America's children. A Nazi German scientist started working with Alfred Kinsey in the U.S., the Kinsey Institute. The great sex researcher of the 1950s. Right? Absolutely. And this is a man who performed sexual acts on six-week-old babies, boys, and then wrote that every child wants to be sexual. And he interviewed pedophiles and asked pedophiles, what do you think a child wants? It's a completely flawed work. Mm -hmm. But we have built America's sexual foundation, every book. Every viewer read when they grew up was based off of Kinsey's work, all our curriculums. Hugh Hefner was a subject of Alfred Kinsey. I didn't know. Kinsey met Hefner at a college campus, and, and Hefner was, was still a virgin at the time, and he groomed Hefner and he said, look, through publication and pornography, we can desensitize the American male. It's a, it is a planned, systemic, and systematic attack.
Ashkin Nazi overlords brought into the U.S. by the illuminated Bush family after they lost the war have been actively working for nearly a century to recreate the golden years of Berlin. Most Americans are not taught that prior to the Great Wars, the German peoples had embraced all sorts of pagan Greek ideals, flagrant nudism, open homosexuality, blatant transsexualism, and open pederasty. Adolf Hitler was gay. He was frequently picked on for this by the men of his company when they would catch him sneaking off after hours for sex with other young men out in the rye fields or in the hay barn. In heaven there is no beer That's why we drink it here And when we're gone from here All our friends will be drinking all our beer His favorite boy toy was Emile Maurice although there were others. Look him up on the internet. He's the odd bird directly to the left of Hitler at Landsberg Prison. He's the one in the tight lederhosen playing a balalanka in prison, where Hitler wrote his stupid book, Mein Kampf. Gesundheit. In heaven there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. And when we're gone from here, all our friends will be drinking all our beer. La, la, that stupid book Hitler dedicated to Chucky. Darwin. The prison guards later said that Emil played the flirty, flitty, submissive clown to Hitler's dominating big top, even though Hitler preferred to end up in the end. You can watch Der Fuhrer squeezing his sphincter during his speeches when his sodomy rage would come out at the pulpit. Embracing his inner hemorrhoids helped him stir the masses from behind. Hitler would later help Emil rise up his ranks, so as to keep him right up Adolf's alley. When it was discovered that Emil was part Jewish. Swell. <laughs> Dolphy always had his boys back. Oh boy! The Illuminati, who helped set up and fund both world wars, knew that Americans would never willingly cast away their Christian Judeo-national morality unless they could get us to accept paganism in stages. The Bible, particularly the Jewish Old Testament, has very clear prohibitions against Berlinesque, flagrant nudism, open homosexuality, blatant transsexualism, and open pedophilia, and pederasty. What's a, a kiss? Shh! He'll hear you! In fact, where Jesus taught that many things were forgivable with honest repentance, remuneration, and forgiveness from the ones affected, Moses taught that all these crimes were worthy of state-sanctioned death. Fall like
Bible-reading Americans used to agree with both of these. All occult spells are based on word plays, repetition and or circular reasoning, and reinforcement through partial real-world truth. I want you to stare into the spiral and to relax. And as you stare into the spiral, I want you to relax more and more, going deeper and deeper inside of it. And you just feel one final wave of relaxation, 100 times more powerful than the ones from before, to slowly wash up your neck and around your head, leaving you completely relaxed and completely at ease. And now that you're just so completely relaxed and just so completely at ease, you realize you no longer want to think for yourself anymore. You want me to think for you. You want to give me your mind. And when I count down from five to zero, you're going to do just that. You're going to give me your mind. Word plays. Luciferians love word plays. They are most often homonyms, doublespeak, or newspeak. This is because they function in two worlds, just as they do. A very famous one they love is the word communion. Anyone in the know hearing this spell knows that the priest invoking it is seeking sex and sex magic from the one he is casting the spell on. The victim hears the words, come, meaning sexual arousal and release, and union, meaning copulation. This is their ritual and their sex magic. If the uninitiated happen to overhear the spell, they hear communion, which of course is a holy Christian ritual where one takes upon oneself the body of Christ and becomes a Christian, or one with God. If anyone in the know points out the spell's use, they can be mocked and shamed for their dirty mind until they back down and begin to self-doubt what they heard. Hubba hubba! Stop that! Sheeples, in the greater flock, just wanting to get along, will agree with the innocent interpretation and attack the messenger as a conspiracy theorist. Can we can we all get along? Can we can we get along? What's the difference between a conspiracy theory and a conspiracy reality? So usually around six to twelve months. Did you hear the wordplay spells that were used on little Susan Ford when she was tortured on the jungle cruise ride at Disneyland? There she was commanded Hear. As in listen. Just sit down here. As in place. And once she was thrown overboard to Walt's animatronic crocobots, she was triggered. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. I believe there's an alligator there on your left. No, I mean on your right. Right there behind you. He's swimming right up behind you on your other left. See? With this understanding, see if you can hear the spell here. A boy who won't be good might just as well be made of wood. Again. The spell is in the words and in the intonation. A wizard casting a spell of hardness on a boy's Peter Pan flute.
would intone, a little boy who can't be good should just as well be made of wood. This rather mean meaning is, man-child, since you can never be good anyway, little sex toy boy, you might as well embrace your fallen nature and get an erection, which I might as well be using. Or, little boys who can never be good should just as well be sex toys. I'm a mechanical boy. From now on, I will be your obedient servant. Every human male can remember getting spontaneous erections in the middle of junior high school math class, or worse, in the middle of gym for no apparent reason. Bell ball. It was then you always hoped to be saved by the bell. Hey, Zach. Yo. Last night at the movies, you went too far. Each one felt as if it was as obvious as the nose on their face. You see, Pinocchio, a lie keeps growing and growing until it's as plain as the nose on your face. She's right, Pinocchio. You better come clean. I'll never lie again. So, just where was Pinocchio supposed to put that nose? Pick me, teacher! I'm ever so smart! Oh, you brown noser. Now, none of this means that you can't just go with the good moral of these stories. You can. But that's not the point we are thrusting at you. The jab we are taking is simply this, so don't be a pussy. The occult uses word plays to flash their spells at the knowing, while still being able to hide behind your ignorant desire to remain a 40-year-old virgin. The effect is exactly like the gay choir song. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked? Funny, just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children. Conversion is a Christian word. That's good, right? Learn to love, learn to vogue, face your fate. We'll convert your children. Someone's got to teach them not to hate. We're coming for them. We're going to stop you from hate. Hate is wrong. Right? Your children will work to convert all their sisters and brothers. Then soon we're almost certain. Your kids will start converting you. The gay agenda is coming home. The gay agenda is here. You love your children. And we're going to change your children so they're gay. So doesn't unconditional love mean that you have to now love homosexuality unconditionally as you love your children? It's a spell, if you can see it. All of the logic is based on truths, but in the wrong context. This song, in fact, contains all three elements of spells, but we are getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, please help me. I'm awful sorry. Please, Your Honor. Uh, uh... I mean, Miss Fairy? Oh, oh, look! What's happened? We really shouldn't... Uh, don't be 
You see, Pinocchio, growing and growing, growing and growing, growing and growing, until it's as plain as the nose on your face. She's right, Pinocchio. You better come. You better come clean. For pleasure magic, all you gotta do is rub that lamp. See, all you gotta do is rub that lamp. And I'll say, Mr. Aladdin's what will your pleasure be? Aladdin's lamp is always portrayed the same way. Look it up on the internet and tell me what you see. All a little boy who can't be good needs to do is rub his lamp. And magic comes out the shaft. Plain as a nose on your face. Then he never has to lie again. Honest he doesn't. She's right, Pinocchio. You better come, you better come clean. But master, you in luck, cause up your sleeves, you got a brand of magic never fails. Heavy ammunition in your cam. Heavy ammunition in your cam. You got some punch! Who and how? Say all you gotta do is rub that lamp. Say all you gotta do is rub that lamp. And I'll say, Mr. Alanza, what will your pleasure be? What will your pleasure be? You never had a friend like me. You never had a friend like me. Do you see how it works? Thus, the means of being mean are justified. Again, any concerned person trying to point this out, which is as clear as the nose on your face, is seen as a dirty-minded prick. Hubba hubba. Stop that. Who can't see the pure godly moral that the author really intended. But remember, a boy who won't be good might just as well be made of wood. Pinocchio is a morality book, right? I'll never lie again. Okay, self-righteous stupid person. Ask yourself, what is the moral? Hear it. Who rewards your good deeds here? No. And how does one know which moral to choose? From a blue fairy and an insect spirit guide? And a master toy puppet wind-up robot maker? Open your eyes. What happens if you don't obey the pagan blue fairy goddess? But this is the last time I can help you. A threat. Really? A threat? Did you hear it from the blue fairy? Remember occult color mind mapping and what blue means? See, all you gotta do is rub that lamp and I'll say, Mr. Alanza, what will your pleasure be? Wordplays allow you to live with your eyes wide shut. Those in the know rely on plausible deniability to get away with their crimes. It all depends on what the meaning of is is. Sexual innuendos is a hard topic to stay on top of vigorously. As a tool, it comes closest to filling the gap between humor and sexuality. In this, it stands proud and erect in the English language. While there are no hard and fast rules as to how this tool is used, it can at times be a great point of entry and very funny. Many people have gasped or grunted over the ins and outs, and it's hard to know whose ball is in whose court in this. But today, the common man and woman at the root of the topic are firm and well-rounded. However, full penetration of the subject requires that the reader take a long, hard look at the target and be a 
cunning linguist in order to avoid limp phrases and imbue the phrase with a large handful of hidden meanings in order to gain the fullest effect. The subject can become hot by attempting to grasp it, and the more one experiments with it, the more interested they become in conquering its climactic issues. Also, as our language changes, innuendos must change in order to fill the newly found holes and satisfy listeners whom they may not have considered before their discovery. Experimentation, therefore, is highly encouraged, and many allowances must be made before one can relate to the greater masses of mankind. They see it as a type of Judas Clause. Let's use Catcher in the Rye for an easy example before getting harder. Stop that. In Chapter 23, after our guide through this book, horny teenager Holden Caulfield has spent part of a night sitting in his little sister's bed, telling her how beautiful she is with double entendres and innuendos. The scene ends with this. I'd keep in touch with her. She told me I could sleep with her if I wanted to. But I said no that I'd better beat it. Then I told her again I'd give her a buzz if I got a chance. Well, ain't that swell now. At least Hold On has the sense to beat it instead of sleeping with his sister, old Phoebe. But this, of course, isn't what it means. It's all innocent, right? It's these subconscious double meanings where the spell does its work. Were J.D. to have come right out and said, I always struggled with sexual attraction to my young sister Phoebe, and as she was sitting there all alone with her legs spread on her bed, I couldn't stop thinking about her. When she offered to let me cuddle with her for the night, I said instead, No thanks, I'll just jack off somewhere and think about you, but thanks for offering since you know I'd buzz you up if I ever got the chance. It's the play on words that make it effective. The straightforward meaning and all, plays against the subtext in the mind, where it can work to bring about the wanted effect. So what is the wanted effect here? And is that the same effect wanted by the end of the book? Hold on. Now, we don't have time to machinate on this too long and too hard, so we'll get straight to our point and beat it out instead. Then we'll come back later for more, okay? How many millions of children have been forced to read The Catcher in the Rye in school because somebody declared it to be a classic? I know it was forced on me. Hubba hubba. It's really X-rated and all, but since Hollywood has decided that X ratings don't apply to children 17 and up, NC-17, perhaps reading Catcher in your junior year and all catches you at just the right time. Bark. Are you joking? Don't talk back to me. You may only say, yes, master. Now walk around the room like a dog. Bark. Oof. That's awful. Do it properly. Oof. Oof. That's good. Fetch. <laughs> we'll have more to say on this book soon enough, so hold on. Using real Luciferian magic. We have the power to go back in time and hear Holden tell us his story himself. But we haven't quite worked out the bugs in Mr. Peabody's time machine yet. He's my boy. 
And we haven't found the right medical experimental injection Ouch. to give you yet. I'd have to laugh at that. <laughs> I should be prosecuted. So you'll have to wait a little longer. In the meantime, just remember that word plays consist of homonyms, doublespeak, newspeak, and innuendo that can function as command triggers for the programmed, but can also place thoughts in the subconscious mind of the public, gradually. We don't want to stretch it and you out too much during the ride. We'll have more to say on this book soon enough, so hold on. Let's explore repetition and circular reasoning and all. Your mind is now mine, and you love this feeling. You realize nothing matters except for my spiral and my voice. And now that your head is just completely clear of everything that is not my spiral and my voice, I want you to start thinking about speedos. As you think about speedos, you think about how much you love them, how you love how they feel, how they make your bulge feel, and how you can just swim so much better, so much faster, and they feel just so much more free. You realize you love speedos. You may have heard professional hypnotists on stage or in a therapy session use repetition to help put a mind into a trance state. What you may or may not have noticed is the logic that they use to keep the mind hooked in on the goal. First, a situation is established, and then it is connected to a consequence that turns it back to the situation. It's sort of like this. The harder you work, the higher your taxes. And the higher your taxes, the harder you work. And the harder you work, the higher your taxes. And the higher your taxes, the harder you work. That's one of the government's spells. Here's another one. I am Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, to is to serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. But we, we are concerned about someone trying to be responsible one side of news stories, stories plaguing our country. country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. Some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming. Believe it or not, each of those was a separate news reporter. 66 different news channels across the U.S., in fact. All were using the exact same script. We merely placed them on top of one another so you could hear all 66 of them at the same time. How is it that all these different news channels and cable outlets all have the same exact repetitive words? Do you believe in magic? Eh, not so much. Obviously, the reasoning here is circular. Believe the pre-planned soundbite you're given, regardless of the broadcast company, 
and accept the solution to the problem that we give you. It's not your job to think, the news believes. It's your job to believe what they say. Here's one famous news reporter saying just that. The dangerous, you know, edges here are control exactly what people think. And that if, is, that is our you, job. The third part of all hypnosis therapy and indoctrination is repetition through real-world truths. There must be enough recognizable reality before the mind can suspend its disbelief and take the journey. You feel my words are very strong now. So strong, in fact, that you don't even hear them so much as feel them right now. Good boy. You know what it means when a strong man tells you to just relax now. And the moments of dreams and fantasies seem like when the subconscious mind rises to the surface, like a great sigh coming over your body from head to toe, just a wonderful feeling, a wave of relaxation, and how sometimes a special word or phrase can bring on that feeling of totally relenting all control now. Good boy. And a good boy obeys. Good boy. And you can obey without even really hearing it, because you already hear good boy. And there are people who have some power over you, simply because you trust in their authority. And that feels good, doesn't it? Good boy. Because you know very well that you are being trained. Being trained like a good boy to obey a good authority. To obey the authority of the man who is calling you his good boy. Just like an eager pup. Good boy. And every time a dominant man calls you a good boy, you will enjoy this phrase and the wonderful power it has over you. Good boy. A very accessible spell was the one cast on us by Seinfeld when our greater society wanted to change the perception of open homosexuality from queer to new normal. Start to talk about any homosexual in society today, and you will find, nine times out of ten, that the conversation ends with... Of all of Seinfeld's iconic catchphrases... I am loving this yada yada thing. She said I wasn't sponge-worthy. Giddy up. Hello, Newman. Mulva. No soup for you! One of the most iconic is made up of just seven little words. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. But when they first read through this episode, something about this scene felt off. Here's Castle Rock executive Glenn Paddock. And we had a very unhappy, difficult uh, table reading. It just didn't feel good, didn't feel funny. Being gay was still thought of as a big risk to a person's career, as evidenced by all the people who said Ellen would never work again after she came out a few years later. But overt expressions of homophobia weren't as socially acceptable as they had been in decades past. We had to do something about the fact that we were saying it's awful to be gay. And Jerry and Larry said, let's, let's shut it down and work on this. The executives didn't just want them to work on it, they wanted to cancel the episode completely. So with the table read for the outing shut down and executives pressuring them to trash the script, the writers struggled to find a fix. 
how could they have Jerry's character explain that he's not gay without it coming off like he thinks being gay is the worst thing on earth? We were discussing the problem in the office with Larry Charles, who was the writer of the episode, and he said, these guys, there's nothing, they, they could be gay, there's not, not that there's anything wrong with it. And I said, that's the line. That's the line. And I remember the exact moment, I remember where he was standing, right by the door. I said, that line has to run through the whole show and then we can get away with it. No, everyone's gonna think we're gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, not at all. And what's that discomfort about? Not being thought of as gay, but being thought of as homophobic for denying that they're gay. The show also won an award from GLAAD for its positive message, and showing up to receive it was NBC's Warren Littlefield, without whom Seinfeld would never have been on the air. If in some small way we have increased awareness, tolerance, and acceptance of gay-themed issues in the media, then we welcome that as a happy byproduct of our work. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? How are you? All right. Uh, we'll see you later. He's the phone man. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. See how it works? Human sexuality has always been complicated. Which is why God placed many rules on it. Real people in real-world settings fall in and out of love with others and can't always control why and when it happens. Since this isn't always strictly under our control, Lucifer would have us believe that any actions that come from it aren't our fault either. This is the catcher in the lie. Even BFFs and bromances happen. But humans always have the free will to choose what they do with it. And even if we catch our eye wandering suddenly, we have the power to remember our commitments to spouse, children, and God, and family, and our covenants, and put a bridle on our passions. We all know this intrinsically. No, no, we didn't program people that weren't members of the group. You cannot install significantly traumatic mind control programming in a person who is not a member of the group. Now, what you can do is what we call passive programming, which is basically through media means. You know, you can set if, if someone's watching a television program, they go immediately into alpha state. Everyone in the group, I mean, even a baby in the group knows that because these people are very much into behavioral psychology. And that's a, a trance state almost, a very relaxed state where messages can be implemented. And that's why I very strongly suggest people be very careful about the TV shows they watch, that's all I'll say about that. We will have more on this. Back through the water curtain. Hate is wrong, right? But wait, didn't God say in the Bible that he would create enmity, that means hatred, between those who loved the Christ and those who loved Lucifer? He did say that. He also said, Jacob, meaning true Israel, have I loved. 
and Esau, meaning the Illuminati claim today over the world, I have hated. So if God created hatred, and one loves the ways of Lucifer, how does that work? I admit it can be hard unless you're on top of it. But if you are at the bottom, at least you have until the Judgment Day to figure out how you swing. Perhaps this daddy bear said it best in terms of at least the Law of Moses. So somebody sent me this clip of people at a pride march shouting out, uh, we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. Of course, when they were called out on this, they just said, hey, it's a joke, it's mockery. You know, kind of like the gay men's choir in San Francisco who said the exact same thing. So I get it. You guys like jokes. I've got one for you. Once upon a time, there was a bunch of people that threatened to mess with other people's children. And then when they tried to make good on the attempt, they were brutally mauled beyond recognition by a father who identified as a grizzly bear. See, it's funny because it would be true. That's a good boy. Rationale for fair use of copyrighted items used. Fair use law allows fair use when copyrighted material is being used to make a specific educational, research-based, scholarly, and or critical comment on the work being used. How do you do? My name is Peabody. This is Sherman. Hello. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I consider that an excellent recommendation. Masters Mahon. We'll continue.